cliffcentral.com. Stay informed and up to date. It's the Daily Maverick Show, Tuesdays, 1 to 2 p.m. on cliffcentral.com. Good afternoon. You're now tuned into the Daily Maverick Show on Cliff Central. As usual, I'll be your host for the next hour, Kingsley Kipuri. Today we'll be talking all things Marikana, which has really been a front and center of the national dialogue of the past, over the past week. Um, the Falam Commission that was appointed to look into what actually happened in Marikana released their report uh, a few months ago. And, and, and after some time of the presidency sitting with that, we finally, finally got it released to the public last week. So we're really just digging in what the report actually says, what it actually means, and looking into, into also the, the people affected who are not, who are not so sort of front and center of what we're hearing in the media today and, and, and getting an understanding of what, or what their perspective is on all this. Uh, I'm joined in studio by people a lot more knowledgeable than myself. Firstly is Daily Maverick reporter Greg Nicholson, who's reported extensively on this. He actually just got back from Marikana. Greg, always good to have you here. Thanks for having me, Kingsley. Perfect. Also is, is Grace Gomba, who is the family liaison uh, of Socioeconomic Rights Institute, SERI, and she's been dealing very directly with the families of some of the mine workers that were killed. Grace, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Also, we have Dennis Webster, a researcher also from SERI, who's been a big part of disseminating the, the report and the findings of the report. Dennis? Always good to have you here. Thanks, Kingsley. Fantastic. And last but not least, we have David Bruce, an independent expert on policing and criminal justice and use of force and, and, and all, the, all, all of that. So, Bruce, thank you for coming on. Great. Hi. Fantastic. Okay, so I really want to, to, to jump in, and I really want to start with, as I mentioned, the, uh, the, the voice we've not been hearing so much. So a lot, a lot of focus has been on the executive and also just on sort of people here in Joburg and in Gauteng on Twitter and so on who are expressing our own outrage. But at the end of the day, let's be honest, we're very sort of far removed from some of these issues and, and the people who are at the center of it, I think, are not getting as not, are not getting as much sort of airtime and attention as they should. So Grace, I'd really just want to start, start with you. I mean, you've been working very closely with, with the families of some of the mine workers who are killed at Marikana. Um, so can you tell us just a bit about what that's been like so like during the commission and, and sort of post that, just what, what has it been like dealing with, with the families? Uh, well, first of all, I, I can't say it's been, it's been easy even for mm. myself. Mm. I mean, I'm not the one that has lost the, the loved one um, through the entire ordeal, uh, but I've worked with the families quite closely. And to me, it, it, it made me feel like I'm part of the family as well. Um, I've grown to, to know them, to know to understand their grief and to understand where they come from. Um, so having dealt with the families on a personal level, it's been quite, it's been quite hectic, um, to tell you the truth. So it, it hasn't been easy. It still isn't, um, to date. Um, what could you just give an idea of what your role actually was? Was it more of an emotional role? Was it more logistical, making sure they understood what was happening and transport? What, 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 what were the aspects of your role as family liaison? Um, all of that included. Okay. Um, because as a liaison officer, I was initially um, called in to help um, Seri um, with regards to their families, to, to actually be the, the, the middle person between the families and, and, and their legal representatives. Okay. But, you know, as, you know, things happen, you realize that there's more to it than the just um, being just a liaison officer in that sense. So you have to make sure that the families are at the commission, you have to know who they are, how many families are coming, how many families are in a particular family. Um, have to make sure that they have, like, all their needs are met. Um, they're being attended to. I have to make sure that um, I, I do some translation. I, I I convey the messages to the families. Yeah. I attend their meetings. I make follow-ups on whatever requests they have. Um, I'm just one person that they come to there with any questions or any any anything that they need. I'm the, the the first person that they usually come to, and I have to make sure that I get it right, and I make sure that I get things done by them. Absolutely, um, and, and in your role as all these things which you're saying, some of it sounds you know sort of quite formal, some of it sounds very relational, mm-hmm. and, and and more of an emotional sort of connection. What what was your understanding of what what were they expecting from the commission? So I think we all had a sort of our own little perspective of what we thought this meant for us. But what what did it actually mean for the families? What were they looking for from this? Do you think? Um, they they've had they've had. A whole lot of interviews, um, of which I was part of, um, was doing some translation for them. And <clears throat> this question has been posed on each and every single member who's been interviewed. And they've been asked, what is it that you're expecting? And the, the main things that they were expecting were basically justice, um, closure and accountability. 
So that's basically the three that I know of that I know they were expecting. Okay, first disclosure and accountability, and um, and and what did that mean to them? So I think you know I think we all sort of have sort of different understandings. What and and I know there's a lot of people, and it's hard to summarize in one line is what it yeah. meant. But what is your understanding of, of of what that those things meant to them? Justice, accountability. What does that mean to them? Do you think they wanted a specific person being held accountable okay. for the uh, deaths of the loved ones? Okay. Um, from my understanding, it would mean that by, by knowing that a certain person was responsible for the death of their loved ones, that would mean closure for them. It's not necessarily that they forget yeah. what happened, but at least they know. You know, you, you, get, you, you get the sense of peace knowing very well a certain person is held responsible for that. Because one of the questions that they kept asking was, um, has there been any police officer um, arrested or held accountable for, for any deaths? And, you know, we had to tell them that we were waiting for the commission to, to finish and the findings mm. to find out if there's going to be anyone held accountable or liable for those deaths. Now, Grace, I was just wondering if you can tell us a little bit about <coughs> as these families were searching for justice, closure and accountability, they had to sit through the Farland Commission of Inquiry for you know almost two years, I think it was. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that those families faced, um, first sitting through the inquiry in Rustenburg and then in Centurion? Yeah. Um, like... I can I, I can only speak, but anyways, it, it's just the same because they've been in the in the, the the commission, be it in Rustenburg or Centurion, mm-hmm. but sitting there on a regular basis, almost on a daily basis, mm-hmm. uh, having to listen to the evidence um, uh, put forth about uh, about how their loved ones died, I, I know that was one of the most traumatic um, experiences for myself and even for the families. Um, they would have to see the videos. Um, they would have to listen to, uh, maybe say if Seps is giving evidence against, you know, the, the, the families. I mean, it's not easy to take in what they were saying about your loved ones, saying, um, the, the police had attacked the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the loved ones. That I know it hasn't, it, it, it was not easy for them to take. So that was one of the things that I felt that was very, exper- uh, very difficult for them to take in. I mean, I mean, thank you, Grace. Um, it sounds like quite a quite a challenging role for you, and I can only imagine the plight of of everybody involved with this. Um, I'd like to also just get an idea of since, I mean, since the report was released to the public last week, um, Grace, and I know Dennis, you've also been working on this. Is what, um, what what, what was the process of, of 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 getting them to 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 sort of understand the, the the sort of the president summary of the findings, the actual findings, and what it meant for them? So, what process was taken to to make that happen? I don't know. It's, uh, okay. Well, <clears throat> because we we had we had um, we were in court uh, the previous weeks, and the president was asked to release the report on the thirtieth, yeah. and we were uh, well, we, we assumed that it was going to be released on the thirtieth because we had to prepare our clients. Um, so we were actually in the process of preparing our clients when the report came out, and when it did, we were not prepared because we, we, we like it wasn't it wasn't the day when it was actually supposed mm-hmm. to have come out according to us. So when you, when you say preparation, do you mean logistically making arrangements, or do you mean sort of almost like, like more of a mental and emotional process of preparing? A whole lot of ways, yeah, okay. the, because we were planning on, on actually bringing them to our offices yeah. and actually explain to them what the report means and what it is, and okay. and have um, some counselor with us because we know that it wasn't going to be easy uh, for them to to, yeah. to hear whatever. It's in the okay. report So now as it came like that It was abruptly So we had to pack our bags and go Because we knew that the media was going to be there um, we, There was no time for us to prepare them You know so And we were not given time Anything like that So it was just It was just messy how it happened So going there And actually having to phone them on our way there That listen uh, The report is actually coming out by 7 o'clock We hope to be there by that time uh, Please assemble yourselves um, We will be there as a, a group um, <clears throat> And they were asking Are you really serious? This is coming out We're like yeah it is coming. It is coming out, and we got there. It was even messier. Um, uh, the, the TV screen. We actually went to to London's LPD, one of the venues that we okay. had organised. Um, we went there, and the TV was not working. Um, we had to use one of the. I don't, I don't know who it was, but um, there was a phone that we had to listen on, and someone else had a laptop on the desk there. So we were sitting there and just Watching listening. The yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't easy on that day. Jeez, and what, I'm trying to think of just language barrier and trying to, trying to, for a lot of people trying to understand the language being used by the president. Is that something that came up as a challenge? Yeah. Um, 
we, we, we normally do translation for the families yeah. uh, because they're from the Eastern Cape. Mm. <clears throat> so we normally do the translation. And on that day, there's no way we can do translation. As it's, it's ongoing. It's happening, you know. And we're not even on a proper setup. Uh, for us to, to actually uh, engage the families on the report. So it was, it was, they could get a sense of what was happening, uh, but it was not clear. It was, but they, you could look at their faces that they were not happy about the setup. They were not happy about what they were listening to. It was not just dignified how it happened, uh, so to say. It wasn't dignified because it was supposed to have been a moment where we actually assembled them in yeah. a private um, place and actually explained to them, okay, this is what's happening. This is what he said and this is how it reflects whatever. Something like that. Oh, thanks a lot, Chris. I'm just I'm just mentally picturing it, and I and I get what you mean. You say it's not dignified. I think yeah. that's quite an apt way to put it. Um, Dennis, I'd actually like to just just come to you in terms of the the dissemination of the report and the findings. Could you just run us through the findings as you explained it, or as was explained to some of the the families and and the relatives of the of the slain mine worker? Mm. Um, I, I mean, I think Kingsley, one of the one of the questions to ask before even getting into that sure. is uh, is what the what the report was meant to tell us, um, and and i think i think that's uh, that's that's a relatively easy uh, question to answer i mean it it boils down to the report was meant to tell us within the within its terms of reference um <clears throat> was meant to tell us what happened um at maracana and why it happened um so so within that uh, that framework i think the least that might have been expected um from the report was uh, was an individualized account um of the massacre so um a body by body Account of the deaths, um, and and uh, and why and why that happened, but uh, to a large extent, uh, the reports, uh, the the miners and the the evidence put forward by by the miners and the families um, during the commission is is to a large extent ignored in the report, um, and and perhaps most painfully for for the families. Um, the deceased are, are dealt with uh, collectively, um, so in a, in, a, in a very sort of generalised way, um, and this uh, this sort of lack of a of, a, of an individualised account of the deaths of their loved ones um, means that means that the report um, uh, fails in its in what it's set out to do, um, which is which is ultimately to to provide um, closure to the families about what happened to their loved ones. Never mind never mind accountability. Mm. Um, so I'm just trying to. I mean, I thank you. I think that's important context, right? Before we jump into, you know, what did you say? I mean, what? So it sounds like that that was the, the sort of collective objective expectation of what was supposed to happen. So what, 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 what did the dissemination end up looking like with this? Where it sounds like there's this gap between expectations that we had and that and that was set up between the commission and the legal teams and the. And the families and, and relatives, and now you have what we actually got, which was this. So how, how how did you how did you manage this sort of expectation gap in actually having to communicate to to, to the families and communities what we do have, regardless of what we were expecting? I mean, there, there are po- there are points uh, there are parts of the report that are encouraging. Um, for instance, the findings the findings against Lonman. Um, Lonman came in for some for some sort of well deserved criticism in the report. Um, specifically on on their sort of social and labour obligations, um, and especially in the provision of of, of housing and, and basic services, and this is this is a positive finding. Um, but it has to be seen in the light that uh, that the report um, it doesn't it doesn't uh, recommend any com- compensation. Um, I think uh, Farlam sets out that that's that's beyond the terms of reference of of the of the commission. Um, but but there are uh, we, we we do think that there are um, there are aspects of the report that are going to be useful to the civil claims um, going forward, um, but yeah, we're very much at the. Um, I mean, we're very much answered to the families, um, so so we're we're doing our best to um, to make sure the report is explained as clearly as it is to them, and then and then we'll we'll take we'll take their um, their views forward from there. Absolutely. And what and what and what just and I know again it's hard to summarize because we're talking about a lot of people. Mm. But what is your general gauge about their reaction and response to to, to sort of what you communicated and what they're hearing from 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 Sere? Uh Yeah, I mean to find to say that they were to say, and I mean this is a point I think that Grace has touched on. Yeah. I can probably probably speak better to it than me, but um, but it's also uh, what I mentioned uh, earlier. I mean, there's um, that. To say that they're disappointed um, with the report and its findings is uh, is to put it nicely. 
Um, I mean, if, even the, the way in which the families are, are, are acknowledged in the report, they sort of um, the only real acknowledgement of them is as one of the, the eight parties who aided the commission. To, yeah. And I mean, in that acknowledgement, you get things like uh, the Chwane and Rustenburg uh, municipalities. Um, look, the families weren't at the commission to help the commission. They were there for um, they were there for the truth. They were there for. Uh, and they were there for justice, um, and they feel they've been failed in this regard. Uh, and a lot of, I mean, a lot of the findings are of no comfort to them at all. Um, I mean, th- uh, many of many of the people who watched the uh, the president release the report last week uh, will have noticed uh, quite a strong um, emphasis on on first aid and first aid findings and recommendations at the um, at the massacre. Uh, these sort of findings are of no comfort to the family, um, especially when you consider. That uh, things that that there were um, there was medical aid on scene, um, that uh, Major General Naidu delayed the response to that medical aid. Um, so yeah, so um, so to say that the the families are disappointed. I mean, they've they've sat at this commission for for two years now, and uh, and uh, unfortunately they know they're nowhere closer to the truth than <coughs> about the, the death of their loved ones than they were um, two years ago. I mean, I mean th- thank you for yeah. I mean, I think I think a big thing that we've that's at least been bugging me, and as we prepare the show, Greg and I have been, I've just been, you know, it's so easy to get caught up on this on on, on outrage that's so distantly removed from the people in question, and it's like we are, and it, it doesn't matter. And it's, I think, a big question is what what is the feeling about the justice and accountability with the people and the relatives who are actually directly directly affected by this. So, um, I mean, it's quite sad to hear that that's the that's the feeling you're getting from them, and I'm from them, sorry, and. and and I think Sarah is going to be a, a big part of trying to sort of correct that as much as we can and try and hopefully create some sense of justice for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, now that we're talking about the report and the findings of the report, um, David, I'd actually like to, t- to turn to you um, and to ask, I mean, <laughs> um, Dennis has mentioned a bit about the, the role of the police and, and, and how they were implicated and Lon Min, he spoke about briefly. Um, and I'd, I'd like to ask about, about the executive. So, I mean, there was a general feeling um, that 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 Cyril Ramaphosa played a played a, a big role in 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 some of the and some of what happened in the end, and also Mr. Natim Tetra and Susan Shabangu, and 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 do you feel that they, that there is that they've sort of been the the law has been correctly applied into in in how their roles are being seen by the report on the commission? What what are your thoughts on that? Right. Okay. Well, uh, maybe I should just start off by saying that um, and. Uh, um, Hear what what Grace and Dennis have been saying about uh, the the, the um, response of the families to the mm. report, and mm. uh, and I and I acknowledge that it, um, in terms of their needs, it is in many ways satisfactory. But when I read the p- report, I must say that my re- um, my my first response to it was um, that it is an important and far-reaching report, mm. um, and that it does have very important findings. Um, and that, uh, and that it, 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 it will, um, have profound and important implications in South Africa once it is fully understood. Um, in respect of the issues of the executive, mm. well, um, we're getting into sort of complex territory here, but, um, the one thing is that, um, my, my personal view was that, um, is that, um, it's likely that, um, the Minister of Police at the time, Natiem Tetwa, was involved in the decision-making process um, relating to to the operation, and um, and so if one looks at the at the findings of the report, I'm I'm not I'm not unhappy with the findings of the report okay. in that regard. Um, essentially, I think what the, the 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 commission has done is followed quite a one could call it a kind of conservative approach to making findings. Okay. So they, they, they've made findings which they feel are fully justified by the evidence. And so where they haven't um, felt that there is sufficient or that the evidence is um, clear enough to justify findings, they haven't, um, they haven't made uh, findings. Um, and so, so specifically in... Um, in um, the then Minister of Police in Tetwa's case, what they have uh, provided is a type of open finding, yeah. which is to say that um, the evidence isn't eff- effectively that the evidence isn't conclusive enough. I think that um, 
I think that it is arguable that the commission, even following the type of approach that it was appro- um, uh, uh, applying, which was this what, what I've described as a fairly cautious or conservative approach, that it could have reached a, 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 a finding on a, a balance of probabilities that it is likely that um, Mteto was what was involved in the decision-making process. But nevertheless, um, it you know the, uh, what is clear is that. Um, in the way in which um, the president presented um, the report in the presidency in the presidency's summary, that was a misrepresentation of the report. That the report does not um, say that the the executive played no role in the operation. I mean, that's odd because I mean, from watching watching the president's reading of it, it, it felt quite clear that that's what he was saying. So, so you think it's just just a clear misrepresentation of what is in the report? Simple as that. Well, well, well uh, that, that, that seems to be the obvious interpretation of it. I mean, the report doesn't say that. And so um, it seems to be a, a dishonest misrepresentation of the report's findings to say that. Um, the president um, said that he needed time to study the report. 86 and days, I think. It's that's it. right. And so, um, and so um, it you know, isn't possible that in that time period um, he or his assistants misread that finding. And so it's a, it, it would seem to be a clear and deliberate misrepresentation of the report's findings. David, I was just wondering, you mentioned that you believe the report has far-reaching um, implications and pro- profound implications um, that may um, come out when we understand it better. Can you explain some of those implications um, for us? And maybe Grace and Dennis might want to add if, if you guys like. Right, okay. Well, well, you know, I, I mean, I have um, made some observations about, you know, what it does say about the role of, of the executive. And, and for instance, there are then um, recommendations that the report contains about how issues to do with the involvement um, and, and the, 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 the directives that are provided um, by, the, by the executive to the Commission of Police should be dealt with in future. Um, but I mean, I, I, I think the principal issues are that they are, you see, I, my, and you know, subject to correction. So, uh, you know, I, I think part of the problem that a lot of us are having with this report is that it's, it's very complicated. And so, um, kind of processing the report and coming to terms with it is, 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 is very challenging because a lot of people are trying to do it in a very concentrated period of time. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the one thing is that, so, so I think that, um, I think, you, you see, I mean, I think also possibly what was happening or what is happening in the, in the report is that the, 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 the commission identifies itself in some ways as, as having an investigative role, but that the judges on the commission are very conscious of the fact that this isn't in fact a criminal, um, trial process. No one has been charged. No one has had the charges against them clearly stated. And so they aren't in a position to make um, findings of guilt or innocence or anything like that against anyone. And so, um, but nevertheless, um, if you do read the report, there are findings that effectively that the, the, the decision to launch the operation is likely to have been an unlawful decision. Secondly, that... Um, and 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 uh, uh, that this is a uh, uh, that, that that the shootings at at what is known as scene one that at least some of the shooters there are likely to have acted unlawfully, and then essentially then also at scene two and I agree that um, on on questions of detail the report is in many ways unsatisfactory, but nevertheless there is a, a finding that uh, many of the, sh- the, the the shootings at um, and killings at um, at um, at scene two are likely to have been unlawful, and so I mean I think also just what what this means is that you see because what the report has um, what the report says is that uh, th- there's this ballistics problem which is that um, the bullets from R5 rifles disintegrate or something like that and so one can't trace link. Um, Link the, the the bullets from the, the the rifles that killed any one person to a specific rifle, and so as a result, um, effectively, what the commission concludes is that if the police are convicted at uh, eventually, um, um, it won't be possible to convict any of them for anything other than attempted murder. But nevertheless, the implication is that a number of the police at um, at uh, at Marikana, including police at scene one and scene two, 
are implicated in acts of murder. And so I think then, um, you know, essentially the point here is that <coughs> up to this point, um, the, the, the police service specifically have hidden behind the fact that they've claimed that they acted unlawfully. And, and they said that they were waiting for the findings of the commission. But now the, the commission has found clear, clearly pointed to the likelihood that in several instances, including the decision-making process and actions by the police at both scenes, were, un, uh, were unlawful. And so, you know, I, as far as I can see, um, those are the issues that people should now be responding to and taking forward, or some of the issues at least. I mean, David, I mean, just, I'm sorry to take you back to what you said right at the start, which is, um, I, I feel like you're almost sort of toning down the, the reaction of, of, of this is not what we wanted, this is not helpful, the commission did not do its work. And I feel like you're almost saying, hold on, this, this was always going to be the role of the commission to sort of be, firstly be investigative and almost sort of recommend what happens next. And perhaps, do you think perhaps our expectations of what, what was always going to come out of this perhaps were maybe, Maybe misaligned with what, with what the reality of what was was intended. Do you think that's a bit misalignment there? Well, you see, I'm not I'm not quite sure how to respond to that. Okay. What I'm saying is that my first response yeah. was that this is an important and a far-reaching report. Okay. I still believe that. Um, I've been listening to a lot of the criticisms of the report, and I can hear the the, the you know that why people are dissatisfied. Um, and so. Um, so, you know, I don't, um, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure what the, what, what the final word should be on that mm. issue. But, 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 um, but I think possibly um, this fact that we had judges leading, you know, in charge of the commission and that they're very conscious of the circumstances in which it's justified to make findings against people or to make even firm findings about the legality of one action or another. Um, so, so I think that you know possibly that that that, that is something that needs to be taken account into account in reading the report. Mm, mm. Okay, thank you, Peter. I think my my sort of next question is just around focusing on the role of the police. So a, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, the findings seem to focus on 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 sort of the police and and maybe some regulations and things that need to be investigated regarding them in the future. Do you think this could sort of cause? A sort of major reform around the future of policing and crowd control in South Africa in the future. A lot of the recommendations that have come out of this. Well, uh, right at the moment, mm. um, there's no indication of any ability on the, SA, the part of the SAPS to move beyond an attitude of, of, of denial and minimizing their responsibility for, um, for, for, for what happened at Marikana. So, you know, the, essentially it's a question about how to bring a, a, a profound reorientation uh, within the police in how they deal with and, and process, the, you know, respond to the whole issue. And, you know, the, the, the obvious point is that this needs to, to start with, with change at the level of leadership within the organization. But, um, you know, uh, it, it would require a certain um, uh, a, a leadership that is, is, is committed to, to, to um, um, going through a process of, of, of um, helping the organization come to terms with um, the implications of this report and, and of what happened at Marikana for, for, the, for, for that kind of type of process of, of reform to actually um, become possible and, and meaningful. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Peter. I think David. something that Sorry, David. <laughs> Jesus, that's embarrassing. Thank you. Um, you can call me a different name for the rest of the show. How's that? <laughs> just call me Jason or something. Maybe, maybe that was a joke just to lighten the mood. I think know? that was it. There we go. You, you know, you always know where. Perfect. Greg, actually, you, you and Marikana yesterday. Um, so I'd actually like, I'm, I'm quite interested about what the mood Mood was like there yesterday in, in the in the wake of the report, and I know some political parties have headed down there. Um, and 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 are you are you feeling the sense of of sort of disappointment that we've heard about from Grace and Grace and Dennis? Are you feeling the sense of disappointment? Is there hopefulness about some of the the further recommendations that are coming? Is the is the are some of the uh, the union battles are some of those things still playing out? I'm I'm just really curious. What's what what's the the climate down there right now. 
Yeah, so yesterday I was in Marikana because the Democratic Alliance national leader Musi Maimani was in town with some of the, the northwest leadership of the DA laying a wreath on the, um, on the copy there mm. where, where the miners obviously protested for a number of days. And so the, in terms of the politics there, the DA doesn't really have much of a, much of a base, you know. Um, as far as I know, they don't have a, a branch in Marikana and not many of the community members turned out to see them. Not many of them seem to really care that um, the leader of the national opposition was there. Um, I think what's more prominent in Marikana now is both the EFF, as you've seen quite a rise. You see a lot of guys in parades there, and obviously Julius Malema likes to hold rallies in the area. And the UDM, Bantu Holomis' UDM, is also quite popular. Um, there seems to be some ANC presence there, but um, you know, it seems to be quite dwindling, and even one of the, the little the shack um, that was... Uh, branch office for the ANC was burnt down, I think it was last year or the year before. Um, so yeah, for Musi Maimani, there wasn't too much response. And from the mine workers I spoke to, they they seem to be pretty disgruntled with President Zuma and Cyril Ramaphosa and the ANC. They seem to take the position that that the report was biased under retired Judge Ian Farlam and, and that the executive through the commission, is trying to effectively protect um, Zuma and his allies. So there's quite a, quite a disgruntlement on the ground. Um, the, I spoke to two widows of, of, of two people who were killed yesterday in Marikana, Mr. Mabulane and Mr. Nokamba. And particularly Mr. Nokamba's wife um, was extremely emotional. Um, I think... She reflected some of the things that Grace was talking about earlier in that she, she's finding it difficult to see any or find any closure or sense of justice given the, the sort of vagueness I'd say of the report, you know, where the report sort of says the police might have been responsible for these things or, you know, like the report doesn't believe her husband died at what's called scene two at Marikana, the, the smaller copy. Um, so you're saying in that case, the report does not believe that that's what happened? No, the, the report does not believe the police's version as to what happened, okay. that the police are necessarily acting in self-defense, but it doesn't take the next step further to, to say, say so then what? what actually happened and who is to blame. Okay. It also doesn't take the next step further to say, let's look at what you've lost in terms of perhaps... Um, financial sustainability and, and, and how she's going to raise her kids and all those sorts of things. And and so I think she was pretty emotional and, and really saddened by that and it feels almost seemed listening to her um, that there's a gaping wound that's been opened and salt continues to be poured in and it had, the report hasn't helped close that wound. Um, it can, I think, you know, a report like that can never bring back a loved one, but I think there were answers people were looking for that they didn't find. On the other hand, when we spoke to the security guard, Mr. Mabulani's um, partner, um, she actually was quite happy that Musi Maimani, the DA leader, visited her, and she actually had finally gotten some attention. And I think, as the media, that's one thing that we could focus a little bit more on sometimes. Um, both, I think, we can always focus more on looking at just the lives that have been affected directly by the Marikana massacre, but also remember that it wasn't just mine workers' lives, it was also security guards and policemen, and and it's important to talk about all of them. Kingsley, do you mind if I... No, please jump in. I mean, uh, on this, this question of like, uh, of... Uh, of parties being 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 present at, at Marikana, mm. and Greg, I wonder if uh, you know, ha- having been there uh, with the DA's uh, most recent uh, sort of visit. Um, I mean, it it struck me as a it sort of, it sort of stands for what I what I think of sort of like a failure in the in the in the popular response to to what happened in Marikana that sort of divisive partisan politics have have um, have taken have taken up a lot of space, um, and I. And I've always thought that the, that the partisan politics should have been, you know, should have taken a back seat during all of this, um, and that uh, popular response should have, you know, rather rallied around Marikana, like uh, mm-hmm. PSC and others managed to do quite successfully after after Sharpeville. Um And you know, I think it, it detracts from sort of important forms of, of of solidarity that may that may have come out of. Uh, so, so I don't know. Yeah, I think um, I think maybe two points on that. In terms of there's definitely been a lot of political posturing around Marikana that I've seen where people have really tried to try to use it for mileage in terms of gaining gaining supporters and attention for their own parties, you know, coming up to elections and all that sort of stuff. And 
I think that might be a failure both on the general public side, you know, listening to the news and the media's side that we sort of allow that to happen. Um, but I also think it's a, it's a little bit of a failure from civil society's side as well that we haven't really seen an effective um, sort of public campaign or, or sort of sense of community or grouping around the issue of Marikana, even though a lot of people are outraged by it. I don't know if there's been enough groups that have really managed to rally society around that to to effectively put the political posturing in its place. Um, I know some groups have tried to do it, but um, I don't think they have. And I think what we're seeing is what, what what you're saying is where we have seen partisan politics really take over the issue and often mi- misrepresent what's going on for their own benefit. I mean, I mean that is that is I mean one thing that I sometimes worry about that it almost it just becomes a great opportunity for somebody to just leap in and almost seem as seem as the hero or the anti ANC or something, and it's. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure it's quite helpful for the situation. And maybe, as you said, maybe it causes more harm than good. Um, we're just going to take a, a call and interview with, with Andris Nkome, who is a representative for some of the injured and arrested mine workers. Andris, can you hear us? Yes, how are you? Fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Great. Now, Andris, I'm, I'm quite interested in, 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 in your perspective, given some of the people you're representing. Now we know no police have been have been yet charged uh, with 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 any killings or, or murder or attempted murder or anything based on Marikana, but hundreds of your clients have have been arrested and have faced charges. So I'm I'm quite curious how how is some of your clients and the mine workers you work with how are they reacting to the report? Look, they're quite disappointed with the report simply because of the fact that it creates a disaster insofar as. Uh, the, uh, the instructions that was given and the people that executed the act, uh, that uh, shot at the, the people that they were striking with. So they feel that there was no way in which uh, the police could have just acted mm. in the way that they did, especially in the sense of the fact that before the commission, evidence was led to the effect that there were uh, email exchanges that uh, necessitated that the uh, committed action should be taken. So they felt that uh, it's an act uh, of uh, protection in some way of the people that are sitting in their executive. I mean, I hear you. I can imagine it, be, it being quite hard to reconcile mentally that that some of the mine workers have been, you know, charged, and some people, and and seeing uh, who 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 could feel like the people responsible, and seeing the police, and hearing that there will be more investigations and 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 further and and, and further looking into, and it feels like people want sort of want answers now. And, and I'm quite curious is, is what, or based on the conversations you're having with your team, is what, is what happens now? We've had conversations about another commission. There's been suggestion of going to the ICC. Um, so what, what options are you considering now? Look, we said in the past Sunday, mm. uh, in a consultation with our clients, uh, explaining to them the import of the recommendations in the commission and uh, how the judge seems to have arrived at those conclusions. Uh, and, you know, the, the clients found it very odd that they said for close on three years, trying to find closure in OPS, who really caused the deaths on the fateful day. But unfortunately, uh, the, 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 the inquiry was only recommending yet another inquiry. <laughs> At the end of the day, mm. uh, to them, it is that uh, justice is being delayed. And we know for a fact that uh, justice delayed is as good as justice denied. So therefore, it's for that reason that they feel, maybe through the South African Forum, there's no way in which uh, they can find truth, they can find closure, and they can uh, put blame uh, onto anybody else. Maybe we ought to look into, the, for example, the Rome Institute, to which we are still a signatory, and try to find uh, whether we can be accommodated there insofar as you know, the atrocities that uh, they had, they've had to face at the hands of the police. I mean, it's, I, I just find it quite interesting that, that we're sort of going back to conversations about the ICC and the Rome Statute given, given some of the issues we've had, we've had with Omar al-Bashir and the issues of wanting to pull out of the, of the ICC. And I just, I just feel like it's quite, uh, quite interesting that we're now turning to the ICC perhaps as the next, next recourse for that. Um, so Andrichas, I think just final question from us is, 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 is how are the, how are you, how, what is the consultation looking like with the actual with your clients in terms of now it's to talk about international law and the Rome Statute and there's more commissions and, and and how are you feeding in their response and their input into making that decision? One thing is certain from the time that we met with them, uh, I I went to Marikana for the first time on the 18th 
of, uh, of, of August in 2012, and that was on a Saturday. From that time up until now, the instruction that we should sue the state for all of this uh, injuries, for all the arrests, for all the unlawful detentions, together with the pain and suffering that they have had to endure, uh, they have been saying that we should sue the state. Now, after the commission, they say, despite the fact that uh, some people have not been fingered, people that are sitting high up in the executives, like uh, uh, the former minister of police, uh, Nati, together with uh, the DMR uh, minister, Susan Shabangu, as well as uh, our deputy president, Kiro Ramaphos, they feel that we should continue and sue them in their personal capacity. And, and again, they as well say that maybe we need to review the findings of the commission simply because of the fact that Evidence was put there before the commission, including, amongst others, uh, the evidence of the expert police witness that had, I think he came from America. And he was saying that there was no way in which the violence and the massacre could have unfolded in the way that it did in Marikana had it not been, or had there been no uh, political pressure mm. or executive pressure that, that was exerted. And uh, the judge suddenly then chose to believe the version of a Mr. X who was proven in so many respects to have lied in front of the commission. Remember at one point, he had said that a, a picture showing some people who, scared, who, who had bowed their heads and we could not see their faces. He claimed that one of those people was him, was himself. Now, fortunately, our client was the one that was there in the picture and he, had, he still had the same jersey that he had on the particular day. So we showed Mr. X and said, the gentleman that was there in the picture is this. Where is your jersey, the one that resembles us? And uh, Mr. X could not, even having been given time, he could not produce that. So at the end of the day, they feel that the findings of the, uh, the commission is just a privacy. And we ought to find some forum before which we can review the findings. Uh, they should find some forum before which the people that are high up in the executive and feel that they can manipulate things that are applicable in other things can be brought to book. Uh, probably maybe through the ICC or any other entity. For, for so long, for now, still, the understanding is that we are still signatories of the Rome Institute. Uh, I mean, you're right. At the end of the day, you know, that is, is an option that you may consider. Andres, um, uh, thank you so much. Um, and, and we look forward to seeing sort of the next steps you take and, and hopefully it ends in, in a feeling of justice for, for your clients. Thank you so much. You're most welcome to enjoy that. Perfect. Um, now, now, Grace and Dennis, I'd, I'd just I'd like to come back to you, especially after Andres is mentioning um, sort of further legal action, and it's something that, that I think Grace you mentioned briefly. And is that is that something that that you feel like your clients are hoping for, want to pursue, or, or is there a feeling that you know maybe this is it, and, and maybe we just leave this whole thing alone now? Uh, most definitely. Uh, when we <coughs> sorry, when we consulted with them on, uh, I think it was a Friday when we got to it. We explained to them what the report says and uh, what is satisfaction with the outcome. Um, but then we sort of gave them hope not to give up because we are still, as, as per their instructions though, that we will still pursue, um, 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 suing, um, the government, um, and we will be going to the Eastern Cape to, to, because the families in Marikana are not the only ones. We have families in the Eastern Cape. Those are here in Marikana, they're the ones that are working, but we have more families again in the Eastern Cape. So we will be taking further instructions, um, going to the Eastern Cape, um, next week, I think, from the 6th through the 16th. So we'll be consulting with the families and getting instructions um, as to how to go about doing, um, the civil claims. I think. I mean, I, th- I think it's quite clear that um, that that civil claims will be will be pursued. Okay, so that's happening. It's not even like we will maybe look into the options. It's happening. Yeah, I mean, we still we still very much in, in consultation with the families. Okay. Um, but but I mean, it's 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 certainly our view that um, that. The, the report has failed in, in its, in its most fundamental task, which was, which was to, re- to reveal the truth about, uh, what happened, um, to, to those men who were, who were slain at Marikana. Um, and I, and I think in light of, in light of that failure, I, I think that these civil claims, um, together with, together with what needs to be, and, and, um, I mean, Greg, you've touched on this in terms of the media's response, but what needs to be a more, uh, rigorous and popular uh, public debate, um, that, that these civil claims together with that might, might now need to take the lead, um, in establishing the truth, um, behind, you know, behind probably our greatest, uh, post-apartheid atrocity. Um, and, and I mean, I think, yeah, this 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 debate needs to needs to um, take into it's take into account things that that uh, where 
where the uh, where the where the commission and, and the report have have sort of fallen short. Things like, uh, I mean, we can't, uh, and I and I think especially now in 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 light of the report, um, technicalities and sort of uh, and very uh, um, procedural issues are, are being discussed, and and rightly so. Mm. Um, I, I just I just worry about um, the fact that. Uh, and, and this is something that the report didn't manage to to touch on at all because it was beyond its terms of reference. But uh, the fact that these these men were uh, were killed in the struggle for a living wage, um, so uh, so I think this this sort of like um, legacy of migrant labour, for instance, um, where where if you think of uh, what's happened at UCT recently, sort of symbolic victories have been won against uh, these things. Uh, Let's say um, in the falling of, of of the road statue, but but the material realities uh, of this legacy remain remain very much entrenched and, and shape um, shape these families' lives. Um, and I think I think these sort of things that were that uh, where the the sort of commission um, failed to address are, are going to have to be a part of that public debate. Was that one of the things? Do you think one of the for me one of the key issues with the um, Farlham Commission was the effective shelving of phase two? We're looking to socioeconomic conditions, things like the migrant labor system, things like the the structure of union negotiations, um, things like worker debt, all these sort of things that really did fuel a lot of the issues behind the strike and even potentially the the level of violence that was seen. Um, is that one of the things you would have really liked to see explore, explored more throughout the commission? And without, cause, because without that, it feels like we don't really understand the full story. Yeah, I mean, uh, I hesitate to say that, in light of the fact that the commission had two years and is still, still sort of not come to any, anything which we find satisfactory, I hesitate to say that um, that we would have if we would have liked them to 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 touch on them more. But I think they're certainly uh, they're certainly important questions. I mean, at the heart of of all of this, um, it's. There, there are questions of of um, of how how income from production needs to be divided between between workers and capital, um, and and I and I think those questions are very very much uh, at the heart of it, um, and the the, the sort of um, the, the forms of of uh, of exclusion and violence that that this migrant labour. Um, I mean, look, Marikana has, the the conditions that have have led to something like Marikana have been in place for a very long time, um, and. Yeah, so I, I do think they're important questions, but Greg, I hesitate to, to give the commission more <laughs> more responsibility. I hear you. I'm sorry, David. I was looking at you because he sort of had a he sort of had a nice smile when Greg was talking about the the shelving of some of the other things. But I'm curious. I'm, I mean, what are you looking to next? I know you've written about and spoken a bit about how you feel some of the re- reaction to the to the commission has been lacking in a few things, and sort of sort of what what what's key for you in terms of what we should be looking to next? Now that we've seen the we've heard from the president, the report is now. Part Public, what 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 sort of the key things you're looking to now? Well, the in some ways the central fact for me is that now um, you see uh, up to this point what the, the, the SAPS has disputed the, the the simple contention that any of their members acted wrongfully or unlawfully at Marikana. So now we as from um, Thursday, it is now in the public domain. Mm. Um, presumably, they knew about this prior to Thursday, but anyway, not in the public domain. That the commission of inquiry that has been established to look into this matter has found prima facie that um, n- a number of their members um, are likely to have acted unlawfully at at Marikana, and so um, so what that means is that. Um, the, the, the SAPS should not be able to go on um, in relation to the situation yeah. as, as treating it as just business as usual. Mm. Basically, um, there should be a process that should have already been initiated within the SAPS for um, the members who um, are reasonably suspected um, to have acted unlawfully to be suspended and um, potentially also those members then should be um, undergo a disciplinary process and should be expelled from the SAPS. So aside from the, the issue of um, civil claims yeah. and, um, and, and possible uh, uh, a criminal prosecution process, um, the, 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 uh, the, the, the essential point for me is that we should be moving um, quite quickly to a situation 
where um, people who are reasonably suspected yeah. of having acted unlawfully at Marikana are expelled from the SAPS. And the SAPS shouldn't be um, allowed. Uh, I mean, obviously, that needs to be a process that is follows the 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 the, 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 the norms of due process that are uh, required in disciplinary processes. But the SAPS shouldn't be a, uh, allowed to just delay um, or defer this issue any further. David, it seems it seems I think most people would agree that especially now that we have the findings of the report have come out and and finding that some police officers did act unlawfully. But we've known for a long time that police officers definitely, they killed people and there were accusations that they, they murdered some people. And yet we haven't seen any any real, we haven't seen any officers be suspended. We haven't seen the police try to hold anybody to account. Now that we have these findings, is there a way that we can be sure that the police might actually hold disciplinary um Actions for their members, or try to hold their members to account, and for that matter, is there? And this could be for the whole the whole panel here. Is there is there a mechanism to ensure that the MPA um, does investigate the, the 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 possibility of laying charges at the hands of certain perpetrators in Marikana, or can these recommendations just go um, unheeded? Well, you know, I, I'm, my inclination is to rely on the fact that the SAPS is going to go on dragging its feet on this. Okay. So, um, so I don't think, uh, you know, um, and, 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 and I think, um, uh, this kind of obfuscatory approach to the issue is what we can continue to expect, mm-hmm. um, f- from the SAPS. Um, so, but I think that, um, it's possible, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but I think that, um, there are, um, mechanisms that, um, the South African legal and constitutional framework allows whereby, for instance, the families can, um, can, um, um, demand that the SAPS, uh, account to them, um, as to that, the, that they have a direct interest in, um, in in the fact that um, the, the in 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 the SAPS um, applying the administrative procedures that it's it's duty bound to apply, and I think that the, I would imagine that the families have have recourse through the court also to to seek to to enforce a process of that kind. I mean, the question about the the, the MPA, Greg. I think I think it, it brings up again the sort of. Um, why, why, why some of the findings being sort of so conservative in general and, and lacking some of the more specific, uh, uh, specific evidence, um, to, t- to take, to take this to the MPA and say, we need further investigations and uh, in that sort of just general sense, um, is, is a bit worrying for me. I think, I think if we could, uh, if, if the commission had taken something to the MPA, which was, which is a little bit more, um, sort of specific, um, and, um, yeah, and, and had, had used, uh, you know, for instance, some of the postmortems that I mean, a postmortem for every minor was 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 submitted at the uh, at the commission. Um, the, the, these sort of like more um, specific um, things, yeah, I think it would have been a more a more sort of hopeful uh, thing to take to the MPA. Okay, perfect. Um, thank you so much, Dennis. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have. A big thank you to all our guests, as Greg, Grace, Dennis, and David and Andres, who we spoke to over the phone. Um, um, thank you all for, for coming in and please, please keep up the excellent work you're doing in your different spheres. Please download the podcast and share. You've just listened to the Daily Mavic Show on Cliff Central. We will see you next week. Cliffcentral.com.